we've spoken at length about the government's announcement last week around raising the age of criminal responsibility and proposed changes to mandatory sentencing. Now, joining me on the line is the opposition leader, Leah Finocchiaro. Good morning to you, Leah. Good morning, Katie, and to all your listeners. Now, Leah, these changes have raised concerns from some within the community. Others have lauded the decision around raising the age as brave and a step in the right direction. Leah, um, will you and the opposition support the raising of the age of criminal responsibility when it is debated at the next sittings in November? We absolutely will not, Katie. I can guarantee Territorians that this is a terrible move. It would just mean less consequences, less accountability for offenders. It will not mean less crime. And it's a very cynical way for this government to drive down its crime stats, essentially, because anyone committing a crime under the age of 12 is no longer committing a crime. They've, they've given this uh, age bracket total immunity from the law um, and what we know is that there is serious violent offending, motor vehicle thefts, armed robberies, all sorts of crimes taking place by 10 and 11 year olds and now all of a sudden they're going to be above the law. Leah, there are obviously uh, different groups, different health groups, we know as well the Children's Commissioner and others that have said that this is a step in the right direction. Uh, the Attorney General, Chancey Pake, has said that what we're doing right now isn't working. What do you say to those that actually think that this is a good thing? I think they need to go and sit down with victims of these people's crimes. They need to go and sit down with the business owners who are barricading themselves and sleeping in their businesses, the mums and dads who are having to explain to their children why uh, someone's broken into their house and stolen their things or destroyed something or stolen their car. I mean, this government is completely offender-focused and victims and the territorians right to be safe is just completely being left behind. I think the Northern Territory Police Association said it very well uh, when they because they're absolutely opposed to this as well when they said why wouldn't you put the programs in place first and then see if that's making any difference and then look at changing the age, not changing the age first before we even have any programs in place and the reality is uh, youth in this age bracket will no longer be able to be diverted by police because they won't be able to be um, engaged with police at all. And the NTPA have gone as far as saying, you know, basically if there's a child in that age bracket committing a crime, you know, don't call us. What, what exactly do you expect police to do? So it just further disempowers our police, further disempowers victims and just continues to give more rights to criminals than ever before. Leah, what about those programs? I mean, what programs do you think do need to be implemented here and what support mechanisms do you think need to be implemented here? Because the reality is going to be that, um, you know, presumably when this is debated in November, um, even if the opposition and the independents don't support it, it is still going to get across the line. So what do you think needs to be in place to ensure that the community is as safe as possible? Yeah, look, Labor will ram this through on their numbers, but I can assure Territorians it is something that the CLP would reverse if we win government in 2024. In the meantime, we can only hope that this government is all of a sudden going to magically create programs, which in six years it hasn't been able to create. We just had uh, some responses back to written questions, Katie, around how many youth had engaged in the two uh, you know, fun camps that this government runs and calls diversion. And, and it's a handful of kids. I mean, what we need is serious intervention in these kids' lives. We need to uh, make sure that they're, you know, not in an unsafe home environment in the first place and be doing all of that prevention work in the lead-up because a child doesn't magically become a criminal 
at eight years old. You know, something terrible is going on at home. Something is, is definitely wrong in that child's life and that needs to be addressed. But for these offenders, we need to be ensuring that they're not out re-offending, that they're not out doing whatever they want and destroying people's lives, that they're, you know, in a, in a detention facility that's providing them then an opportunity to turn their life around, not just back out on the street, uh, committing crime night after night after night. Now, Leah, have you had much of an opportunity to go through um, those proposed changes when it comes to mandatory sentencing? Because, you know, we have all been talking a lot about raising the age of criminal responsibility and that change, but there's also been um, some pretty significant changes announced, again, that are set to be debated, as I understand it, in those November sittings. Have you had much of the opportunity to go through those changes and what do you make of those? Yeah, look, we're pouring through it now. What the government did last week was pretty pathetic. They dumped a bunch of massive amounts of legislation and serious legislation in an attempt to just pass it under the cover of darkness. In so November. you reckon they did that on purpose? Are... Do you reckon they oh, did it on purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question. We've got massive changes to the Anti-Discrimination Act. Uh, they're removing mandatory sentencing for domestic violence and drug offences. They're bringing in the age of criminal responsibility. This is all designed to be under the cover of Christmas coming up at the end of the year. And, you know, then they're just going to move on next year. It's an absolute disgrace that Territorians have one month to consume as much change as what they're trying to propose. So we're really concerned, obviously, for the victims of domestic violence, that now their perpetrator won't even serve mandatory prison time when they're breaching DVOs and, and in circumstances like that. I mean, we put the victim first, and, to ha- and they're often women, and they're more often than not Aboriginal women, and yet this government's saying it's okay for them to continue to be in the presence of uh, of their abuser. We just think it's disgraceful, uh, especially if they're also removing mandatory sentencing around drug offences and things like that. We know they're looking at trespass, but we don't think uh, it goes far enough. So we'll be engaging with business around the type of power they really need to make sure that uh, people who are causing so much destruction in their businesses are able to be banned. Um, but ultimately, this is a this is a major, major step in the wrong direction where we're, again, putting the rights of offenders above the rights of victims. And what's worse is, you know, our prisons are full, Katie. There's no question about that. But instead of the government driving down crime in the first place, they're just going to send less people to jail. You know, that's not the answer. People, you know, no one wants to send someone to jail, but if you're a really, really bad person... Where else can you go? And the fact that they're full, the answer is not, well, let's just send less people because we can't cope. The answer is we need to stop crime happening in the first place. We need to stop this trail of destruction and victimisation that's happening in the Territory. So, so Leah, do you we'll think, that, do you, do you think that, um, that, you know, with these proposed changes to the mandatory sentencing, I mean, they've said that it's not going to include um, charges like murder, but do you think that we are going to see a situation here where there are people who've committed serious, serious offences um, who ordinarily would be doing time in jail that they're no longer going to have to. I mean, the government's obviously saying that they want them to undertake rehabilitative programs. Is that not not good enough? It's absolutely not good enough. It is a total load of rubbish. The community has an expectation that people who do the wrong thing go to prison and are not allowed to continue to perpetrate on other people. Now, to have serious, 
serious offenders to be able to stay out on the street instead of going to prison under the guise of completing some program which the government hasn't even created yet. They don't even exist. They don't know what they're going to be. I mean, this is it looks something like this, Katie. Perpetrator A should have gone to jail, doesn't under Labor's new laws, and instead has to go, you know, one night a week to some sort of um, therapeutic program, tick and flick on the piece of paper. Yep, I came, I went. Meanwhile, what is the right of the victim who's thinking, I need some respite from this person. I need an opportunity to get away from this individual who's destroying my life. I mean, it's just absurdity in the next level. Why isn't the government giving people the therapeutic support they need in prison while they have them in a, as a captive audience. If you're a perpetrator and you're in prison, there's no reason why five days a week, all day, you can't be getting the support you need instead of getting it on the outside where you can continue to uh, be a threat to your victim. Uh, Leah, I do want to ask you, um, We, ha- I am just seeing right now on the Northern Territory News, um, they are reporting that essentially the Territory's hospitality sector is calling for a youth curfew in Alice Springs to try and curb crime and antisocial behaviour in the town. Hospitality NT Chief Executive Alex Bruce has said that a curfew with the support of, Alice, of the Alice Springs community should be trialled and rigorous, rig- rigorous I should say, assess to determine its effectiveness. Um, what do you make of this? Do you think that they should be trialling a curfew in Alice? Look, it's something that's been talked about in Alice Springs for an extremely long time. I know the police don't like the idea of it because they can't enforce it. Again, it's not going to really impact on those youth who are under that criminal age of responsibility and there are a lot of the kids who are actually on the street. You know, police can't just uh, arrest them if the, if the age isn't there. And in Alice Springs, they already have the Tangangir bus services, which effectively pick up kids all night long and take them home. But look, you know, if the government's going to try something, we will absolutely support it. You know, whether it's curfew or not, I think people are just absolutely chronically desperate for action. I mean, at lunchtime today, Kating, I'm meeting with very angry business owners in Yarrawonga who've been ram raided. Yeah, uh, I'll go back I will go to that weekend. in a second. But so you okay. don't you don't support um, a curfew in Alice Springs? No, no, if government's gonna do a curfew, then so be it. People absolutely want something to happen. It's it's diabolical the situation down there. Whether or not it can be resourced by police is a whole nother question and I've got serious doubts about that and whether or not it makes an impact uh, well, I guess you only know if you if you try. So, it, it, you know, absolutely, if government are going to do it, great. But you know, Alice Springs has got some. Well, serious, it doesn't. It doesn't sound issues. as though the chief minister is going to try it. She said the chief minister has defended the government's approach to reducing crime and said there was no intention of implementing a curfew. Um, the proposal, though, does have the backing of high-profile Alice Springs independent MLA Robin Lamley, who has indeed championed that youth curfew in Alice Springs uh, for the, at least fifteen years. Um, but from your perspective, unless it's something that the government's going to drive, it's not something that the opposition going to be pushing for? Yeah, look, our understanding on the ground in Alice Springs is it's sort of 50-50. Some people think it will work. Some people think it won't. The police uh, don't think it will work. uh, And there's nowhere to take these youths. So there's a couple of just practical problems with curfew, but I'm not saying it shouldn't be tried. You know, we support any 
something different happening in Alice Springs. They are absolutely at crisis point and need support. So it's disappointing that government won't even entertain it. But, yeah, there would just have to be... All I'm saying is, is for a curfew to work, you would have to put some additional scaffolding around that system to make it able to be implemented. Currently, as it stands, it couldn't just be done overnight. Yeah. All right, so, Leah, you are heading out uh, to Yarrawonga to meet with some of those businesses. We did speak to Donna yesterday on the show uh, from NT Handrails, I believe, uh, is the business after they'd been ram-raided. Um, we'd also, obviously, spoken to, to Ian Sloan out there at, at Berry Springs on Friday. That was uh, terrible, you know, that was a terrible situation. Um, but you're heading out to Yarrawonga today? I certainly am. Uh, Donna contacted us and I said, absolutely, we'll come out. Um, And, you know, that's in my electric, Katie. And it's a major issue. So businesses are are coming together, encouraged to come down. And um, I want to hear directly from them about how this is impacting their business and the extreme, extreme lengths they're having to go to to barricade themselves in. I mean, if you if you go to Yarrawonga, you know, what uh, after hours, the scene is, uh, you know, rubbish bins, concrete blocks, any type of bollard that they can find positioned on their fence line just in case there's a, a stolen vehicle ram raid. I mean, it's, it's just extraordinary. People can't keep living like this. We've got business people sleeping in their businesses, spending, going to extraordinary lengths to protect their property, their staff, um, their their products. I mean, it's just it's just too much for anyone to bear. This is an absolute crisis. It's it's a tipping point, breaking point, and I don't know what it's going to take for the government to do something different. But clearly, with this suite of reform they've just introduced last week, it's only going to get worse, not better. They're just not listening. Well, Leah, we are going to be speaking to a, a business person who was allegedly assaulted in Coles, uh, in the Coles complex in Alice Springs yesterday. Um, we're going to be ch- catching up with that person just after 10 o'clock this morning. Um, please keep us up to date with how things go out there at Yarrawonga. We will talk to you again very soon. Absolutely. Will do. Take care, everyone. Thank you.